It's not really in the rules. We've never seen this before. What this do you a, do? Is, Those are big decisions. Taking somebody out of the lead or taking somebody from even 12th in the Fonda 200, yeah. right? How do you get up every day and read about how terrible you are? It's amazing the, the conspiracy theories, and that's probably the sickest feeling to be a track promoter. Ladies and gentlemen, you wanted it, you got it. The place for the untold, real, raw, and juicy stories of dirt track racing. It's Dirt Track Confessions. And now here's your host, Mandy Pouch-Mahaney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dirt Track Confessions. I'm your host, Mandy Pouch-Mahaney, and I have two amazing guests joining us. So to my right, we have my husband, Mike Mahaney, and to my left, we have Brett Deo. Deo, Welcome. I didn't know I was confessing something. <laughs> oh, I don't know you what I are. Up for. No. You are. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, a little entry here. We have a lot of different topics we're going to dive into. We're going to touch on a lot of confessions. Putting, we're putting we're putting Brett on the spot. So, I figured what perfect combination. We've got the driver side with Mike. We've got me, the social media side, and then we got Brett. Which Brett. I mean, I don't even know where to start with with you, with you because let's see, um, you run three different tracks. Three tracks. Yes. You, you got three tracks. You got BDR Speed. You got Short Track Super Series. I mean, is there anything in your pockets that like I'm missing? No, I think that that covers it. That keeps me busy uh, pretty yeah. much every day. <laughs> every day, and we're yep. gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that. So, kind of shine some light on us first. Is you know. From the man that was writing articles in the newspapers back in your, I guess we'll say, heyday, to how the heck did you get here now? It's uh, pretty crazy. You know, we started with the Short Track Super Nationals uh, at Afton in 2006. And, you know, I always tell people I, I doubled my, my net worth because I had $220 when I started and 440 when I was done. Only took me risking thirty thousand to get there, but uh, so yeah, the first first race was at Afton, and you know Pat and Janet Jordan had the track then, and they took a chance on me, and we were partners, and you know I really you know rolled the dice big time. I mean, literally just fresh out of college, and um, that worked out, and then we started doing some other events at uh, Five Mile Point and Penn Can, and you know two became three, became five, and then uh, two thousand and fourteen, uh, we put the Short Track Super Series together. It was six races the first year, and. Um, Short Track Super Series race one was at Orange County, which was very cool because I grew up there. You know, I was race fan first, then writer, then promoter. Yeah. Um, but it took a lot of people, you know, the, the tracks that believed in me back then, you know, Reed, Reed Miller and Al Wilcox had, had Penn Can then and, you know, Andy Harpel and the Jordans and, you know, then moving on Gary Palmer and Mike Gerda and those people that, that trusted me to have a race. So um, it took a long time. I mean, I started really young. Uh, I was 23 when I did my first race as a promoter. So, wow. um, you know, I'm 40 now, so I'm 17 years in. And, you know, it's it's been crazy when you really think back on the ride from there to where we are now. Did you ever envision, like, where you would be now? I always wanted to be here, you know. And sometimes you have to remind yourself that when you're having a bad day. It's like, well, this is yeah. really what I wanted, you know, years back. I always went to, like, the Syracuse Car Show and envisioned having the cool big booth and, you know, being the being a – major player and you know now here we are and that brings with it a lot of responsibility you know and, and complaints but you know it's what I wanted it, it's happened you know over the last better part of two decades to be you know just do some really cool things and race in different places and you know meet meet so many people it's it's been pretty awesome yeah so not that every day is typical but what's a typical day look like for you juggling all these different 
things. Uh, I'm really, really a morning person. So for me, you know, I try and get up some usually between 4.30, 5.30 um, and try and get paperwork done in the morning, you know, computer work, um, you know, promoting, making a plan for social media, what we're going to post for the next week, press releases, um, you know, that type of promotional stuff is what I start with in the morning. A lot of things like the event information sheets, they take a long time to make sure there's no mistakes in those times, mm-hmm. prices, rules, tire compounds. Uh, so that's typically the morning uh, routine to me. Then usually late morning, then the phone calls start. So that takes a good chunk of the afternoon. Um, in the summertime, I, I'd have to work at the tracks. You know, uh, Utica, Rome, and Fonda, we're pretty lucky with, uh, with Jamie Page as our general manager. He does a lot of the, the day-to-day stuff. Um, you know, Georgetown, I'm still a little bit involved where I have to jump on a tractor and mow or spray weeds or do stuff like that. So that's usually later in the afternoon once my mind's shot. And typically after dinner, I'll come back and go on the computer a little bit at night. Um, I still write a lot of our press releases. Um, if I don't, Chris Moore does, and I'm picky. So then I edit them anyway. Um, he knows that. He always expects yep. me to do that and, uh, you know, go through that. And, you know, Ryan Hill from 4Wide does our social media. And, you know, we kind of – usually I send him a Word document with, hey, we need to push this, this, and this. Uh, or the drivers that are confirmed for an event, you know, he wouldn't know that. I usually yeah. get that information and pass it on. So um, then, of course, there's the other stuff, you know, just paying bills, keeping up with the finances. You know, we – we're still small enough that, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that writes most of the checks and goes through the bills and, you know, looks at attendance from the previous weekend. Where did we end up? Um, of course, stare at our phones for weather from, mm. from March to November. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of it. You know, I enjoy that. I still enjoy, like, just jumping on the tractor, you know, at Georgetown, just go and mow. And we have a cool John Deere 2440 that's fun to run. And, you know, I take that. And um, I've learned a lot more about the track prep. Um, the last couple of years, you know, we're fortunate to have people at each of the tracks that does it, but um, being around it and understanding it, I think, you know, is a big part of it too. And kind of making a plan with, with, with them. I feel it's gotta be humbling when you jump on the tractor. I like it. No, (laughs) it's, it's fine. You know, it's just the hard part is when you're on the tractor and the phone rings and you miss Uh, it and you got to make up for the phone calls. And that's, that's the hardest part to be honest with you is just keeping up with everybody Mm -hmm. because between the text messages, Facebook messages, people calling, um, sometimes I'm, you know, I just kind of get distracted and I'll just forget, you know, yeah. I feel bad because there's a customer and you want to try and answer everybody. Um, <coughs> Me. but one, yeah, of course you, <laughs> uh, but one of the things that, you know, about our, our deals were not corporate. So, mm-hmm. you know, even though we have people in place in different spots, um, people still want to talk to me, yeah. you know, and, and that just takes, they want to go speak with me. And then that takes, you know, it just takes a lot of time. And that's why I try and start on my computer slash data entry work in the morning so that I have time to answer the calls in the afternoon. While the world is still sleeping. Yes. Smart. Perfect. Very smart. So then, I, okay, that's during the week, but like, dude, you've got uh, tracks racing like in the same night sometimes, like two different tracks going at, at once. Like, how do you, I don't know. I don't even know where you start with that. How do you um, balance Typically, that? if we race on a Friday with Georgetown and Utica Rome, I go to Georgetown. Okay. Um, you know, we have we have Jamie and Denise, and then Andrew Regal came on with us last year. He was, uh, you know, University of Northwest Ohio kid that went for motorsports management, and he, nice. he stepped up to be the race director on Fridays and Saturday nights oh, dri- doing the one-way radio. So I have him at Utica, um, then I go to Georgetown, and, and I'll bring the – wristbands, cash, change, et cetera, pay out to Georgetown. And then when we race Friday nights, I'll drive back up to Fonda in the morning. Um, and then we all kind of reconvene at Fonda. I very, very rarely miss Fonda. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of, that was my first big acquisition of a racetrack. And I, you know, I love being there. I, I don't think I've missed maybe one since 2019. Wow. Um, 
Utica, you know, we have such a good staff. Even though I love Utica, I love the racing, it bums me out when I can't go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm better served to go to Georgetown. Um, and last year, Andrew started doing a little more of the Delaware stuff for me. Uh, there was a night that he went to Del Mar and I stayed at Utica. And then the last night of the year, I ended up staying at Utica. Um, very glad I did because our car won with Jeremy Slazic, so I would yeah. have been bummed if I missed that. Um, but Andrew's gotten to the point where he's really learned a lot. Um, so I can kind of, you know, juggle back and forth, but there is a lot of planning when you have that, because we do have some staff that overlaps, you know, Dave Mm -hmm. Pace for one, you know, he's a pit steward at all the tracks. So we have to plan for that. Um, just the change, you know, change for pit gates at Utica, change for pit gates at Georgetown, you know, make sure you have them all, you have make sure you have your purse money ready for both. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough to do both on the same night. Um, but we've made it work, you know, and then you just kind of reconvene on Saturdays and a lot of times we have to get ready to go on a Tuesday for a series race so there's a lot uh, a lot with that it's a lot of driving I mean the the Vernon to Georgetown uh, I've got down pretty pretty pat just a lot of six hours each way seven a lot of times with traffic Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah it's it's a it's a tough tough deal it's different different way to make a living but I I do love it so have you ever had a uh conflict with a series race where you've ever had to miss one nope I've made every series race so far um we've we've made all those i typically because they fall during the week you know and and, and usually i won't schedule anything at one of my tracks against a series race because you want the best of the best there so you know you don't we don't typically have a have conflicts um you know when heather was sick uh when she had her cancer treatments in 2020 i mean that was the only real benefit of covid to us as we weren't as busy you know she had chemo and i was running her around and uh you know, that year we didn't race as much, but we still did. You know, we went to North Carolina, South Carolina, you know, Delaware was open, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. was open, but that was probably the closest I would have come to missing a series race. Wow. So <laughs> you do a lot, Brett. Um, what would you say would be your biggest objective like, of everything that you do, you know, and, and add on, I think, was this year your first time owning your own race car team? Yes, Correct. first full season. Yeah, full yeah, season. Yeah. So add on that, add on the tracks and the promoting and the series and the, you know, the speed shop and stuff. Like, I don't know what, like what's going on in the ears? Like what's your, what's your goal? I just, you know, want to make it better than I, when I leave, I want it better than when I found it, you know, and um, some of the places, you know, Georgetown was probably going to close, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, now, you know, I went out on my own there for a bunch of years and leased it. And now I've got two great partners with, you know, Ken Adams and Jimmy Parker and, yeah, we made it into a really nice facility. Um, mm-hmm. But it took me putting five, six years there in on my own and trying to find out ways to make it better without spending a ton of money that I didn't have. And, yeah. um, you know, so that, you know, Utica Rome's been on, on thin ice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a tough a tough deal. And, you know, keeping these places open, you see every day tracks are closing. So yes. if we're able to keep them, keep them open, you know, that's a great thing. Um, you know, the race team deal, I mean, honestly, there's just not a whole lot of young car owners. You yeah. know what I mean? So... Um, I enjoy it. You know, it's something I enjoy and it brings another car to the track. So that's good. Um, you see people, you know, get Glenn Heineman getting out and guys that have done it forever. I mean, Norm Hansel didn't race this year. Yeah. Um, you know, Bob Faust, you think about the car owners that have gone out. There's not a whole lot of, I mean, I don't consider myself really young. I'm 40, mm-hmm. uh, but there's not a whole lot of those. And, you know, like Mike and I were talking before we started about you know, how much it's taught me on how much stuff costs. You know, yeah. when you understand what stuff costs, it's a lot easier to make decisions that make the racers happy. Yeah. Um, so that's been a positive and, you know, the speed shop, I enjoy, you know, the online part of it. It's it's a challenge with the search engine optimization and getting yourself to where you need to be if you're going to be mm-hmm. drop shipping. But we've got, you know, Jeff Barrett's been such a great resource. He probably cringes when he sees my name. But, you know, him and I have gotten a really good partnership with working with him and understanding the part side. And, um, you know, we've got the feed deal going now. We've got the, the, 
the food trailer, which Jamie and Denise have done an awesome job, our BDR mm-hmm. feed. Um, we started doing, you know, motocross events and some other stuff with that, and that's been really cool. Wow. Uh, just got a new, she's, she's the right woman to be doing that. New fried dough so. maker that really cranks them out, so we're excited about that. But, yeah, I just you know, I just want to make it better. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that just identify, a lot of problem identifiers, I guess you would mm, say, in course. our sport, but nobody that really wants to jump in and stick their neck out and deal with it, but... I love racing. It's what I've grown up. For. I mean, it's, it's my life. You know? yeah. That's what I grew up looking forward to. I got good grades in school, so I could go to go to Orange County on Saturday night. And I really had to do well to get my dad to take me to Accord because he wasn't a fan. But, you know, it kept me on the honor roll. It kept me doing well mm-hmm. in school. It's what motivated me to go to school for journalism. And, you know, I don't want to see it go away in, in my lifetime. That's for sure. Yeah. When was the last time you went to a race that you weren't promoting? Um, actually, this year, uh, Five Mile Point. Um, I kind of knew it was going to be the be the end there this year. I mean, I know they kind of had the, the false last race last year, and I, I knew from talking to Andrew that it didn't look good past this year. And I did announce there for a while when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually went. We took the race car, um, went down. My dad and stepmom came. We had a bunch of people in the pits and just hung out, and I, I had That's a great nice. time. You know, it was fun and just went down to race. And uh, we actually were planning on doing the gobbler too, um, but it was just so cold. You know, I just – it was so cold. I just bought the bought the pay per view and watched from my living room. But uh, you know, I, I, that was probably the last time this year. I usually try and get to a half dozen or more. I mean, it, it's tough. Even this year with all the rain, we did sixty three events. Um, wow. So you know, last year we did close to eighty because we didn't have all the rain out. So it's hard to actually find a day to go do another race. But uh, yeah, that was the most recent one this summer. So, okay, you you try to go to other tracks, uh, which kind of leads me into wondering: Do you ever do any type of studying? You know, it, I mean, it can be track studying, seeing what other tracks are doing, what other series are doing, um, when to race, when not to race. Like, Actually, you know, back to the question before, I actually did go to Wheatsport Super Dirt Week, okay. too. I forgot about that. But speaking of track studying, I went around and took pictures because I think a lot of the things they did for the fans mm-hmm. um, were really nice. Just the layout of the concession stands, the pavilions. Oh, it's phenomenal. Though. Yeah. So yeah. I went, it was the Super Dirt Week show that had been rained out and uh, it was $10 admission or whatever. And I just went to check it out. And, uh, $10, why not? It was great. What a deal. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was awesome. I went and took pictures and that, that type of studying. I mean, that with flow and dirt vision now, you can see what other tracks are doing. Mm-hmm. And the tracks that are on a lot of those platforms are the upper tier tracks in the country. So, you know, just looking at places like Houston's and, you know, Eldora and stuff like that. I mean, I watch, I have it on all the time, yeah. just getting ideas. Um, you know, the promoters workshop, I went last year um, to Daytona and I thought I hadn't gone in a while. And I thought that was really cool for ideas. Okay. Um, you know, I just being able to sit in the room with different promoters and what they do. And, you know, one of the things that we do um, with, with our four cylinders, with the, race clean, save some green, where if they go green to check. I love that. I yeah, love that. And that actually love came it. from Lucas Oil Speedway. Okay. Um, one of the promoters meetings I went to, they were doing it with their support division. So you do stuff like that. Um, weather studying. I mean, honestly, you know, when you do a track like Fonda for five years, you know what weekends are good, what aren't typically good for yeah. weather. Um, you know, we were just talking before we came on about Memorial Day. You would think kickoff the summer would be a great weekend to race in New York State. It's really not because a lot of people go camping. It's camping is such a huge thing, especially in the Fonda area to go to the lakes. That yeah. you know maybe that's a softer night. Graduation's a softer night. Um, we do keep track of our attendance, weather, um, any type of incidents. Just general, we have a, a data sheet from every night that has our start and stop numbers with tickets, what the payout was, what the weather was, and Insane. you know now. I kind of can base my schedule for the next year off of that. Yeah. You know, we actually had talked about running a Lou Lazaro Memorial race this year on Memorial Day. 
And I thought about it for a couple of days, and I called Melissa back, Amimi, and said, you know what, I think we need to move that off of there because that's typically a camping weekend. Yeah. So those are the things that you can retain and make a better event instead of putting all that effort into a big show and then having attendance be light for outside factors. Yeah, and it kind of sounds like you. I mean, that's why you keep a, an ongoing sheet every night you go to the races. Was it sunny? What happened? That kind setup of sheet. Setup sheet, yeah. So yeah, it's ha- very similar. Yeah. yeah. Just keep binders, you know, mm-hmm. for each track, and then it helps you make decisions for your scheduling. Um, you know, graduation week in New York's very light. Yeah. Um, you know, and then when you get to Georgetown, you have to consider beach traffic. Oh, you my know, God, yeah. That, that's another <laughs> thing. Yeah, we tried yes. some Thursdays last year, um, and they went much better as far as people getting there. Okay. You know, because more people are going to the beach on Friday than they are on Thursday, so it was easier. And also in Delaware, a lot of people work four tens in the summer, mm-hmm. so they're off Friday, so it's kind of like a Saturday for the fans. So that's another thing to, for us to consider. You know, Georgetown, the traffic is such a huge concern. Yes. Where at Fonda and Utica, you don't even think about that. No. It's, it's just crazy how the places are different. Yeah, and it's, it's so true because you think – the locations, but it, it just dawned on me. I remember you saying in the very beginning of the year, that's why you're, do- I, I just couldn't, I was like, why is Dave having all these Thursday races? So it's kudos to you for trying that. Yeah, we gave it a shot. Unfortunately, it rained a lot this year, yeah. so I didn't get a, a good read on it. I'm going to try it again. But I do know uh, the one in August, I was walking through the pits and uh, John Stangle stopped and Mike Krejcian, and they both said, man, thank you. It was a lot easier to get here. Yeah. So like, okay, well, that's that's good, you know, and the fans bought in. We, we did have a really successful uh, event at Georgetown on a Thursday in August. Um, the June and July ones, unfortunately, fell to rain, so we didn't get to, to see how they would do. So we're going to try that again this year. I think it's it's a good concept. You yeah. Know? What do you like most about what you do? Successful night. If it's a quick night, the track's good, and you see an awesome race. When you see people leaving, buzzing, yes. you know, when you, mm. you can tell when it's a great event, right? Especially in the places like Utica Rome where I stand on the roof of the tower. You can see the crowd. Um, when you see people going out, talking to their buddies about how cool it was, and it's still early, it's 930 at night, and they're not driving home at midnight, and there's that hype, that's that's the most satisfying thing to me. Or, you know, having a good track and a good race, and, you know, the nights that you can stand at – like for the series, when I can stand at the series trailer at the end of the night and people are getting their payout and they're happy that they, whether we went to a good track that they liked or yeah. the payout was really good, um, that's that's satisfying. I mean, to me, it's it's competition just like it is for you guys racing. Like, I want to be the best at what we do. I want our series to be the best. Um, you know, we made big improvements at our racetracks with lighting and stuff to be the best not only for in-person but for TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I consider it, you know, a competition with the other promoters. Yeah, we get along, a lot of us. Um, but, it, you know, you still want to be better. I mean, you've got friends you race with, too, right, that you want to beat. And uh, so I want to have the best payouts, the best surfaces, and the, you know, the best shows. And, you know, timeliness is big for me. So getting done in that 930 to 10 Amen. window with the modifieds is very, very important to me. Um, the first year I had Utica Rome, I spent $22,000 on radio in Syracuse and surrounding markets. Got a ton of people out. And okay. then I watched them all leave before the modified feature because they were bored. Oh. Uh, you know, because at okay. that time we were still struggling with our order of events. We were yeah. new to Utica Rome. We didn't know how you – know, every track's different. Yeah. And I watched the taillights go out. And I'm like, all right, from here on out, the modifieds are going to be done around 930, whether I have to change the order or not yep. during the night. And that's what we've done. And um, But it took me spending all that money, getting new people there, watching them get bored and go home mm-hmm. to get that through my head. Oh, my gosh. So many people, they just you, – you change one little thing and they freak out. Yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, now we know. You know, we just know. Yeah. You know, 
if you run this order of events, unless there's some catastrophe, we're going to be done, you know, in the amount of time. And, you know, Billy Decker and I have a, like a running text back and forth because he loves to go home, right? He loves going home. So <laughs> he'll text me TikTok if we're going <laughs> slow or I'll get a thumbs up at Utica Rome if, if we get done in time. So, he would. yeah, it's, it's funny, but. You know, even he said it, you know, he's, he's at that point in his career where he doesn't have to race every week, but yeah. the fact that we were getting done early made him want to race at Utica Rome. So it's not just the fans, yeah. you know, it's everybody. So, I, I mean, that's a big part of it. And I think we all have work to do in racing on time because mm-hmm. people's attention span is so short anymore. And, you know, I think Wall Stadium did prime time racing at eight o'clock, right? They yeah. advertised qualifying going to be before that. And I actually am thinking about doing that at Fonda this year, okay. saying 830 is going to be we're going to start features at 8.30, and yeah. we're going to make sure we start features at 8.30. So if, you, if you're if you there before and you want to watch the heat races and hot laps, obviously we'd love to have you. Yeah. If you are at the lake or you want to take your wife out to dinner and be there at 8.30 and watch the features, then you can do that too. So that's something I'm looking into. Wow, that's that's a commitment. Yes. that's I think that's incredible, though, because usually, okay, hot laps start at 7, or, you know, heat yes. races start at 7, but, like, it's the feature we're there for. Ideally, it would be nice to, you know, start warm-ups at 6 o'clock, uh, for Fonda, I'm saying, you yeah. know, spray the track right before 7 and then do another quick track prep and then start with the pro stock feature at 8.30. I think that would be ideal you okay. know, if we if we can do it. Um, we're going to try, and it's probably going to take a little bit of, you know, like the vintage nights, I think we're going to put them out early, you know, 5.30. Um, we just need to get better. We need to get better on time or we're just going to be racing in front of empty grandstands again. So yeah. it's going to well, look like COVID again, honestly. You know, people are just, people don't, people value their time right yeah. And it's hard to get people out of their house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so easy to have entertainment, consume entertainment right in your house, that yeah. the last thing you want to do is go somewhere and be there too long and sit on a board. And you know what I mean? It's, we really need to think about that or we're going to be a thing of the past, I think. Which we're, we are absolutely touching on live streaming, 110%. So with Mike's question, tell me, like, what is, I don't know if I want to say the worst, but, like, what, what is the biggest struggle, like, that you really just, you could just do without? what you do knowing in hot laps that the track is going to be bad is one of the worst feelings ever you know and not so much like taking rubber bad because you can always fix that right you can either wash the rubber off with water or you can tell the track but when you know it's too soft underneath and it's going to be rough all night Mm -hmm. it is a feeling of just complete like your stomach turns And, and it happens it happens at fonda a lot because of the water table and the river and everything that goes along like you just you can think, all right, we're going to pack it all day and pack, 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 and it's going to be okay. And then the warm, modified hot laps go out and it blows apart. And you're like, oh, boy, you ain't fixing this with a grader. And everybody's there. You know, that's a, that's a terrible feeling. I think probably the worst feeling I ever had in my entire life was the Gobbler in 2014 at Accord um, when we opened the gates. And it had snowed that week, so there was a lot of frost in the ground. We worked all week to plow snow, shovel the grandstands, and um, a little bit of calcium was spread on the track, which is normal for there. Yeah. And... Uh, it brought all the moisture up. You know, calcium draws moisture naturally from the ground. That's what it does, and we couldn't race. I had everybody yeah. there, like 130 cars. So that was a horrible driver's meeting to have. Um, anytime anyone gets hurt, you know, opening day at Fonda, we dropped the green on the first heat, and you know, Craig Hansen broke his back. Mm. You know, that's a sick feeling because it's your event that somebody's getting hurt at, and there's a guy that works every day. He's a paver. You know yeah. what I mean? It's his livelihood, not just his hobby. So stuff like that really bothers, you know, as a promoter, that's the stuff that really gets you. But honestly, when you know the track's going to be bad and you can't do anything about it, that's probably the sickest feeling to be a track promoter. Mm-hmm. With the many roles that you play, when a tough decision has to be made, whether on the track or off, how do you decide when you know you'll get backlash from either decision? 
That's that's a tough one. I mean, fortunately for me versus promoters 25 years ago, we do have the, the ability to watch replays if they catch it. Yeah. You know, um, it's nice, you know, even with, with Flow and Dirt Check Digest and everybody being there, if they do catch it, you can kind of take a minute and watch the video. Um, sometimes you just know it's going to be a problem just from who it is. You know what I mean? It's just some people take things better than others. You know, that's life. And, you know, you know sometimes when you're going to put someone to the back that they're going to come screaming or they're going to be going yeah. after the pit steward and doesn't make it right to let them do what they did, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to grit your teeth and make that decision. And, you know, sometimes there's people you really like, you know, people you really like that are they're, they're good for you. They're, they're friends. They're good for the track. And then they do something and you're like, man, that, that sucks, but they got to go to the back. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, I mean, we've had that like you know, Mike and I have been on vacation together. And I've had to put him to the back and you don't you don't want to <laughs> do it. Right. You don't. It's yeah. it sucks because I know how hard everybody works to get there. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, a hole opens up, you go for it, bang together, the guy spins out, you got to go to the back. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's not, a lot of times it's not even intentional, you know. Um, then, you know, you you know if somebody draws good or draws bad. You know, oh you God. hear that. Um, Never there's ever. just, yeah, it's just amazing the the conspiracy theories. And, and for the most part, you don't even have time to think about it. You no. know, something happens, you make a decision, you, have to you right, line the cars right back up and you go back green. Mm-hmm. And then you hear about it for the next four days on social media. But at that moment, it's just, and sometimes you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we make a mistake. Sometimes you guys make a mistake. It's just, yeah. it's, it, we're human. And, um, but yeah, it's a tough, it's so tough. You know, I stress over it. And luckily, you know, for me, I have, you know, Jeff Allums in the tower. I've got people that have been around racing for a long time in the tower. Our scorers, you know, Jamie Page at the weekly tracks, he raced, promoted his own track and now works for me. Mm-hmm. So you have those other people to rely on. You know, we had a situation at the Fonda 200 with, uh, well, we had lots of situations, right, Mike? Um, but uh, we had the, the halfway break deal where we had a couple of cars, you know, were close but missed it, you know, missed the 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. I said on the radio, are we absolutely sure that they were over 10 minutes? And I had two yeses. So a lot of times I, I require a second when we make yeah, a decision, of course. you know, because those are big decisions. You're taking somebody out of the lead or taking somebody from even 12th in the Fonda 200, yeah. right? You start restart 12th, you still got it's 100 big. laps. To 30th, the last car in the lead lap because you were a minute late on the halfway break. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, those are hard decisions and their their financial implications are big. And, you know, sometimes you restart in the back and you get crashed, right? I mean, that happens. Mm-hmm. So there's so much that can happen that based on those decisions that I, I mean, they're, they're very stressful, but you got to do the best with the information you have. You know? So uh, taking all your hats off, knowing the decisions you make, how do you like emotionally handle this stuff? It's um, most people go to their job, they work all week and then they get paid. Right. And yeah. with me, I go to my job. Sometimes I don't get paid if <laughs> the weather's bad or <laughs> you, people don't show money. up. Yeah. I mean, and then you have to read on Facebook how terrible you are all week. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I have friends that have, you know, regular careers or people I've gone to school with or, and they're just like, I don't know how you do this every day. Yeah. You know, how do you get up every day and read about how terrible you are when you know yeah. you're trying the absolute best yeah. that you can. And, you know, and that is hard. It's, it's, you really have to put a wall up, you know, and know, you know, most of the time, if somebody's upset, you can talk to them, the racer, you can talk to them at the end of the night. Yeah, we had a situation a couple of years ago um, where Bobby Varon got stuck on pit road. The very first 200 lap race I ever ran, the Fonda mm-hmm. 200 2019, got stuck on pit road by accident, lost all this track position and just, 
he got stuck. I mean, it was just one of those deals where I opened the pits. Billy Decker's car broke on pit road. Everybody got jammed up. Bobby went from eighth to thirtieth. So I I right. went to I went to Victory Lane, walked down to his trailer. He was driving for Alton and Carol Palmer at that, that time in the seventy six. And I said, "It's one hundred percent my fault. I'm sorry." Yeah. And he was like, "Wow, wow, you know, um, nobody does." That. Yeah, no, no. He, he couldn't no believe it. Up to and it. and honestly, they came to my very next race at Afton two weeks later because they were just so happy that I came down there and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, it was my screw up." And um, those things happen, you know. You know, you know, in the back of your mind, like on the ride home, I rethink every race, especially the series races. You have hours of driving, yeah. Um, to think about was that right, was that wrong? But yeah, it is hard. I mean, no matter, I don't care who you are or how used to being in the spotlight you are. Reading how terrible you are every day is an exhausting thing, mm-hmm. um, and I don't care what you know. It it's makes it very difficult to even look at it. Like Sundays, I try not to even look. Yeah. You know, because it just gets you so bummed out because, you know, you worked all week to make the track good. or You worked and, you know, did three, three, four weeks of trying to sell sponsorship to make a good purse. Then something goes wrong and then you just read about how terrible you are. So it, it's and it's so out of the ordinary for people to have normal careers. Yeah. You know, oh most people God. that sit in an office don't have somebody out in the hallway tell them, yeah, you suck every time they go to the water cooler. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do. I walk out on the track at Vonda and people say, hey, your track sucks and they're screaming at me. Like, it's just, it's so, so odd. It's such an odd way to make a living, but it's it's all part of being, I mean, look at the people that, uh, you know, criticize professional athletes on Facebook all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's part of being in the spotlight. So Yeah, the, uh, I find it interesting that uh, they're not realizing that you're a real person. I'm a real person. Yes. The people that I race against are real people. Uh, I, I find that uh, just wild. That Yeah. Uh, I love those. I love the uh, the deal where they do like a TikTok video and the celebrity, the guy's bashing the celebrity and then the guy walks around the corner and they look at him mm-hmm. and they're like, they shut right up. Yeah. You know, because they're not going to say it to his face. No. But, um, you know, People have things to say to you. Um, how could they say it correctly? You know, if they have something to contribute, but uh, maybe you know, in a way that's not bashing it on social media. We bashing have you we on have a pretty media. good system now for our weekly tracks. Um, you know, we have we have. Dave Pace, who's probably one of the best pit stewards in the business. He's oh been around God. forever. He He's takes patient. So much shit. He takes it all. This. But he he knows, you know, when it's a situation that needs to be continued, he knows say, hey, you know, say it's a Saturday night at Fonda, call Brett on Monday. And when Monday morning comes, I answer the phone. Yeah. You know, I try and take Sundays off. I think, you know, we owe it to myself, my wife, everybody around us to take Sundays off. Even if that Sunday off is washing the race car and having a cookout or, or if mm-hmm. it's going to Sylvan Beach or whatever else we do, I try and take Sunday off from the phone one, one day. day. One day. And then Monday morning I deal with it, and it's always better on Monday morning because I'm calm and they're mm-hmm. calm, right? We're in the heat of an event on Friday or Saturday, so we're stressed out about weather, getting the show done, you know, everything that goes along with it. You're stressed out as a racer because it's your heat of the moment. you worked all week to get here. And um, every person and every group of people that comes through the gate, that's the most important part of their week to them, right? Whether they're, you know, starting out in a slingshot as a, you know, as a kid or a four-cylinder or a street stock or limited sportsman or whatever, they worked all week and all their friends are worked all week or contributed or washed the car, and it's the most important thing of the week to them. So when they come through the gate and then something goes wrong, they're really mad. Of course. I'm stressed out yeah. because we're, we're in the middle of, you know, my I work all week to get ready for Friday and Saturday, too. 
So I think that's been the best way instead of blasting. I can tell you what is not the best way is to write something crazy during the night and tag me in it. That drives me absolutely nuts. Or send me a nasty gram during the night, yeah. which people do a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's not the way to do it. But I, I really like, I think the Monday thing works well. Like, because yeah. everybody's gotten a better state of mind. You bring your, your problem. I bring my reason why I did what I did. We may not always agree at the end of it, but at least we know you know, where it's at or a series race, you know, the, the next day, you know, if we run Tuesday, we can talk about it Wednesday. Yeah. Um, he, the moment stuff just never goes well. It just yeah. never goes well. Cause of, I, cause all the emotion. I found that it's, it's, it's really hard for a driver to accept that. Like this isn't going to be fixed and there's nothing we can do about it right now. Yeah. You kind of just have to move on. And what you find is on, on Monday, uh, you could be right or you could be wrong. So either way, you need to review it and yeah. take time to step back and look at what happened. And even after 17 years, things still happen that didn't happen before. You know, um, 200 lap races, I will say, are the hardest by far to run because of pitting, open the pits, close the pits, lap down, go around, all Tracking that stuff. All that. And I do most of them now. You know, I, I Orange County typically calls and asks me to do theirs and stuff. And I, even, even now, like the Fonda 200 <laughs> Saturday, I have a pit in my stomach from when I get up. Because I know the intensity, the 50 grand, you know how quickly, I mean, you know, you you don't want to pick on Orange County, but they've showed us how to do them wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, they've had a lot of things go haywire in their 200s just because of the pit stops and, the, you know, all the stuff. So then, you know, and then I've done it. You know, I had the Bobby Varon thing. I've had things go wrong. um, And those races are so because something happens every year that you didn't expect to happen. You know, we have we have a staff meeting on Wednesday night before the Fonda 200. We have an officials meeting on Saturday afternoon before the drivers meeting. Mm-hmm. Brian Davis, our scorer, who's absolutely one of the best. He's great. You know, uh, we're lucky to have him. We have a meeting, just him and I, about the lap down go arounds and cautions and when we're taking the lap. You can do all that, and then it can go crazy. You know, and and yeah, the two hundreds. I mean, they're you're in the spotlight. Obviously, our, I think our flow number was fifty two thousand this year that watched the Fonda two hundred. Yeah. So you're super in the spotlight. But even on Saturday nights, things happen, and you're like, huh not really in the rules we've never seen this before what this do you a, do this is and a you gotta make area. a decision right now yeah you know so that makes it tough so just eliminating the emotion and just talking about it is usually the best thing um you know i, I always say you know if you turn your back on your problems they're going to choke you out just like in jujitsu right so you don't want to you don't want to turn your back on your problems you got to address it at some point um just not answering or whatever is, is never makes anything better it just gets people more and more mad so you just have to have the confrontation get it over with, talk about it, come to some sort of resolution and move on because we all need each other. I need people to race. You need places to race, Correct. you know, and especially people like you that are racing for a living. You need all the places to race. Yeah. So, you know, we just got to all coexist and make it work. We all have to work together. We do. We do. In a way. We really yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. And we need people to watch us. Yes. yes absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So with that being said, all right, drivers and whomever, I mean, I'm not expecting like all the fans to be calling you on Monday, but like they could message the Facebook page, you know, they could, which we're going to totally dive into here in episode two. Um, but where could, I mean, people like fans, like say they have a suggestion. Like, I, I get a lot of emails through our website and I okay. do answer all of them. Okay. Um, the Facebook page, Ryan Hill there, our social media coordinator, he, he 
reviews them and if he sees a message that sticks out like hey this needs yeah. your attention then he'll send me a message because i obviously don't see them all mm-hmm. with having american racer cup fonda utica georgetown stss edr speed all of them going i don't i just personally don't see all the messages yeah. emails i check i check all the emails okay you know, whether it's fonda utica georgetown i check all of them um so those are you know if i get an email from a fan i had an email from a fan Last week, wanting to know when the Port Royal race in October was because they were trying to get a campground. Well, I answered. We didn't put the schedule out. Yeah. You know, but hey, I helped that person out. They and now there they're going to come. So that's nice. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. You know, okay. I the you, you do your best to keep up with it in the summer because we're obviously racing four nights a week. But yeah. I do go through the emails. Good to know. Cool. All right. Well, guys, listen. We we've been going uh, almost forty minutes now. Awesome. So make sure. You guys come back next week. We're hitting up episode two here with Brett. We are going to dive. We're going to, we're going to peel back the layers. We're going to dive a lot deeper and really like discuss the effects of racing, uh, the track side, the promoter side. Um, we're going to, I think we're going to talk money. We're talking money. We talk numbers. We can talk. talk All right. We'll get it. We'll get it going. Okay, cool. Well, thank you both for being on. And guys, if you enjoy this, make sure to like it, to share on your social medias. (laughs) Tag Brett Deo. Uh, short nothing nasty yeah nothing nasty all the positive (laughs) stuff here but thank you and make sure to come back next week